Hello, diary listeners. This is Growing the Game, part one of my time with Adam Rothstein. He's a podcaster. He's a book writer. He's a voice actor. There really isn't any end to what Adam gets into. So please check in and find out more about Adam in this week's podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. We're, we're raw to refine. So I just let people, you know, we hang out with our wang out, so to speak. Um, this is Amy with the Apprenticeship Diaries. Rico is uh, doing other support things right now. And I'm here today with uh, Adam Rothstein of the Blue Oasis and the Goalie Kid. And your podcast is, um, well, I don't know about the Goalie Kid. You just informed me about that. I will be uh, auditing myself and making sure to follow you on that one as well. But I do know that the Blue Oasis is a hobby podcast, correct? Indeed. Uh, the Goalie Kid is a fictional hockey podcast. It is oh. about an 18-year-old uh, trying to find his way in life. And the point of the story is that he doesn't go through traditional means. And, and being a hockey player, you sort of don't um, as well. Um, certainly through minor league um, hockey. But the idea was just not to inform uh, college. I was just not saying that, you know, there's other options than college and you can still make it without college. And actually even, and I go into all the this entrepreneurship, um, uh, sports, and uh, and it's just, and it's something that, I think everyone can relate to, even if you're not a teenager or a 20 something anymore. Oh yeah. Um, I will say, uh, this much that I just interviewed, uh, two ladies from a female football league and, uh, both of them, uh, had different, different educations when it came to the sport they are now playing. And, um, I, I think that, uh, sports in general are just such a, an amazing pursuit of passion that you, you really, you just got to love it. As long as you love it, it's, it's fine. And you'll find your way within it. But it, like you said, that you don't have to follow these very mainstream paths to doing it. It's, it just requires heart, you know? So yeah. That's cool. and, and I'll chime in on that. Um, typically like with baseball, you'd have a lot of minor league players just, you know, make peanuts compared to someone like, um, a Justin Verlander or an Aaron judge. Um, and then when they get to the big league, sometimes they're only making like maybe 600 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's still peanuts compared to someone like Machado or trout, uh, mm -hmm. making 10 million a year. Um, oh, yeah. but but, well, um, with these ladies, for example, they're they're playing in, in their league and they're not getting paid at all to do it. They they pay to do it because they care about women's football and all that stuff. But that was about them. But I, I, I concur, you know, like when it comes to pursuits of passion, man, I mean, you and I both know we met each other through uh, the Nomad Network and through Jason Stapleton. And, and that whole place is for the passionate man. Anybody who wants to turn their passions into something that's where we go and where we're congregating. And that's where we met. And, um, I loved, I already love what I know about you. I mean, I know that you've written a book an ebook, correct. You know, I, I, I've written now several I've done, I've sold almost 50 audio books of just one audio book. Wow. Um, and, and actually I think in total, I probably have hit the 50 audio bookmark, um, because I had, um, growing the game and I had chess, the game for peace and prosperity. I think in total, I've hit about 50, maybe just under and find a way voices has really served me well over the past six months. Right on. Well, yeah. um, I, I mean, you know, you, you read my, my, uh, questions beforehand. Uh, what, what kind of like 
what set you on this path of like doing these things? I mean, cause you are diversified, you have a podcast, obviously, you know, you write stories, you're multi-interested in a lot of different things. So like what, um, how did, how did that look? Like what, what was your time learning about all this stuff look like? Um, in 2017, 2018, um, uh, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to pay off my student loans. Um, I made some email templates for a friend uh, and looked at Fiverr and I thought, oh yeah, look at this voice acting thing um, as well. And and growing up, I sort of did want to be an announcer for the Orioles, but that that never came true. And um, and that kind of just floated in the back of my mind uh, for a while. And I just got very technical when because I majored in economics and minored in business. But during that time of uh, 2017, 2018, um, I'm I'm like looking for things to sell. I um, and in 2019, I sold my all my model trains, and and that was a bit that one was a bit hard on me. Uh, I love trains, um, mm-hmm. uh, but during the time of that, I looked for things to sell. Um, took even some over to, some OT at work, but that. Uh, you know, that certainly helped. Um, and, uh, and yeah, definitely found, uh, voice acting through it. And, and then like late 2019, I start tinkering around, uh, with PowerPoint and make, um, a picture audiobook, And that is, you know, imagine a PowerPoint presentation going through all the loops and then the slides, but a text reading and your voice is reading the story. So it's, it's like a picture, it's a picture book that's playable for an iPad or any electronic device with modern, like electronic device with a screen at least. Awesome. And what was the, um, what was the book called? Um, oh no, this was uh, three, the three little pigs picture oh, audio book. Right I sold that on my website. Um, and one of my first customers, like I did a mail merge with mm-hmm. MailChimp and in first $5, it's like, all right. Yeah. It's like, like, you know, it's that, those moments that really get you started mm-hmm. on that journey and just believe in yourself as well. Um <laughs> No, totally. Um, I, uh, I 100% agree. I mean, hacking the technology of all this stuff. I mean, one, it's an ever moving gold post when it comes to that, because it just keeps advancing and doubling down on itself. So it's everything that we can do to keep up. But um, that I think is one of the pursuits that both you and my, and I are trying to like keep uh, in in the know about so that we can utilize those things to help better our businesses and our own voice and our own pursuit. I wanted to share with everybody before we got started, Adam asked me if I was rooting for the Bengals and I have to admit, I'm not, not a huge football person, but I do like a good underdog. And so uh, he's rooting for the Bengals as well. And we both, we both are from Maryland. So he has, he has vested interest to dog them out, but, but uh, today we're all going to end this podcast. Anyway, we're going to do a mutual salute to the Bengals and and wish them well. (laughs) Right on. Like, I'll be honest with you. Um, I will like, there's another, like, I will make jokes about Detroit um, all the, the time growing up. Like, like whether it was the Red Wings or the Lions or whoever was playing, or even the Tigers uh, during when Prince Fielder was playing for them, like I would just like rag on their sports teams and rag on the city and just make jokes. Um, but <laughs> that's but awesome. No, no, no. Burrow's got a real chance to uh, make something special more than uh, Matthew Stafford does uh, tonight. Um, at least. I hope so. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't know very much about the game or the players to even keep up with, with this conversation, but on, on my fair weather fan or, um, 
just being the antagonizer at whatever party, you know, athletic party I go to, I always pick the underdog just to piss everyone else off. So I'm, I'm on that team of just like, I'm going to pick the one that you're not rooting for just because they need a little love too. But I wanted to ask you because on your podcast and it's evident with um, goalie kid as well. Sports are very, very key to you. What, what, I mean, you, you said that you followed this for a while, obviously you're very knowledgeable. Um, what was, uh, what was the thing that hooked you when it came to sports? Did you play yourself? Do you watch a lot? Like, how does it go? I played um, machine pitch. I uh, did T-ball before that, then went up to little league. And then when like, as soon as they give me uh, pitches, it's like, I can't hit this. I like, I got like, I think I went like maybe one for 12 at one point in little league, <laughs> like guys throwing 50 miles an hour, maybe at, at yeah. the most. And, and it's still baseball is hard. Um, yeah, hockey, it is. It, <laughs> hockey is not that hard. Um, uh, I played um, from 12 played in college was the assistant coach to uh uh, for the Towson Tigers uh, for your junior year and senior year. And that definitely uh, served me well. Then I played beer league um, uh, during the college years and a little after, but it was just, but um, I think after 2018, I just like, I had to give it up for a little bit and, um, and save up and pay off that debt, which, um, yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm debt free. No, awesome. no student loans did Yay. the responsible thing for that um, in 2019. And um, in 2020, it's like, okay, I'm debt free. I can do this online business. I can start working with ACX and all this stuff. And, and, then, there, and then this little thing called a coronavirus comes along um, right <laughs> but th there are other coronaviruses but this one was we called it the coronavirus mm -hmm. um and and at first i thought oh no this is going to be just like h1n1 it's going to be uh like that weird zika crisis a few years back it, it's nothing it's not like like and and there was a bit of arrogance um, on my part thinking, oh no, we've got the best technology. We are not, this is not going to be possible. And, uh, yet it's sort of, I'm sure that as an economics major, the real, uh, problem was, uh, evident right away with how they were, you know, dealing with this virus. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, not, yeah. And, 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 and there's probably some other ways they could have went about it. Oh yeah. I think there's, there's quite a few other ways that they could have gone about it, but uh, you know, hindsight is always 2020. Um, but I, I think for those of us that know about economic health and well-being, I'm no major, um, but I do know quite a bit more about economics than I do of football. And I will say that when coronavirus was hitting um, quote unquote hard at the first everybody was panicked. And I was like, no, y'all don't understand. You can't do this to our economy. This is going to be very, very bad. <laughs> and, and nobody wanted to listen to me. It wasn't a good time to have that message because everybody was freaked out. But um, I think I'm right. And I think, I think that it's, it, it's finally coming around. <laughs> you mentioned chess. So um, while everyone was playing checkers, I was playing chess. <laughs> And I love chess and maybe that there's something to it that, mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah. you, that you had that intuition or something. Um, oh man. Well, it's, it's knowledge, right? Like, oh, yeah, you have knowledge of it. I have knowledge of it. I think if people understood economics and, and on, on a level, they'd understand that, uh, the way that we structure our economic things here is not healthy. Uh, economic structure. Um, if you learn about Austrian economics and things like that, you you have a, a better grasp of a, a, a healthy way of managing those things that would really perpetuate and advance a society forward. But if 
you indulge in this inflation theory and how inflation is quote unquote good, um, you're, you, you, you don't understand the depravity that you're welcoming into your society on, on, a, on a gross scale of non-accountability, of risk management, all of these things. So most people don't understand that. And I can understand them not understanding that, but I think you should, if you're going to dabble in money or if you're going to even comment on it, you should, you should understand it. <laughs> you should know what it, the effects are. Yeah. I remember um, in pre-calc uh, one over I, the, like, like one of the first things they teach you in pre-calculus or even algebra two, I forgot where I learned mm-hmm. it exactly, but one over I and, and if I is forever increasing, you know, eventually it's it's not going to get to zero, but it's yeah. going to be like zero point, um, whatever infinity. But it's not going to hit that exactly. But it's just going to be come so devalued uh, mm-hmm. over time, and you're going to see things like in Zimbabwe, um, Germany in the twenties, and even Greece uh, most recently had their struggles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's lots of places. And those were, those were kind of the people I have a lot of, I have a lot of different people from different corners of the world as friends that I've met, uh, throughout my life. And a lot of them come from these places, like one of them being, uh, Venezuela. Uh, and she was like, no, please. I didn't leave my country to have this come back here. Um, like this is, this is going to be bad. But I, I digress. We're we're in it now, and we are among, I think, the people just because uh, we are a part of the Nomad Network that we're striving to be um, free of those things, regardless of where they happen, um, because that's kind of the creed of the Nomad Network is um, being nomadic with your wealth and your interests, and and being a person of advanced skills and multiple skills so that you can always diversify where you are. So, I mean, you're kind of the antithesis of that because you have a podcast about hobbies. You talk about everything. The last one that you talked about was about restaurants and restaurant vlogging, which was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And, and I went into, yeah, you've been to Silver Diner before. Oh um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it, like I definitely love their food and everything. And, and, you know, you know, and just, it's like sitting at a diner, um, whether it's with friends or family, you know, it gives you that perspective. Um, I've been to so many diners in my life because uh, my cousin's up in New Jersey and I've just basically been to probably a dozen diners up there already. Uh, but, but you see different perspectives, even in something like a state like New Jersey mm-hmm. as well. And and you can you can get an idea of of who people are and mm-hmm. and when you start a hobby something that you're passionate about you can find those different uh perspectives and improve upon yourself and others in your uh community the uh the thing about the blue oasis podcast is that it is uh you know it's there as a resource to help you build up to those Things to find what you're passionate about and just get started. I mean, uh, most people like I don't know. Most of my friends do not use Mailchimp. I'm probably like one of the few. Um, with you know, with maybe two or three exceptions, um, uh, they do not use Mailchimp. But because they don't have an online business, um, and some and I knew a girl who, uh, from college who just gave up on it and uh, just went to being a teacher. And 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 it doesn't have to be that hard, too. Right. I mean, uh, if I can get maybe a few cents a day, even from my podcast, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a start and it's it's extra income. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, finding those things to sell like. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well. Um, Mm. uh, What I did uh, recently, uh, selling those to like just even for like fifteen bucks. I mean, like, like I'll take the money to to get started um, as well. And I'd rather um, get things I don't need. Um, 
out of my life rather than keep them and have them depreciate in value. Absolutely. Well, and also, you know, you bring up a good point is that, you know, so for instance, today, I belong to several Facebook groups and one of them happens to be an apprenticeship and artist Facebook group about people who are learning to tattoo. And uh, I was happy to find this, uh, this particular group because I don't think there is enough gathering or support for apprenticeships, but um, today, for example, I had a guy on there. Well, I didn't have a guy. There was a guy on there who put out, you know, I I got a kit online and and I set it up. And what next? What do I do next? And I was like, are you freaking kidding me, man? Like, so the thing is, I I wrote, gave him my time as a professional, a 13-year professional, where I came from a day and age where you want to talk about had to hustle. And I didn't even have it the worst as most of the people that I know before me. Um, I had a lot more information available to me than, than this person does. And I was like, dude, check out a freaking YouTube video, man. Like you're asking a Facebook group of people to help you what you expect us to, to plot out and type in here word for word, like what you're supposed to do next. Meanwhile, I, I had to, I had to really earn this. And I have spent so much money learning my profession, learning how to invest that time. And like you had just pointed out when you're hungry in the beginning, you'll, you should take whatever you get. It's not going to be nice. It's not going to be the ideal. It's not going to be necessarily numbers that are going to make anybody like stand up and shout, but you need to be really grateful and really excited about anything that you get including if it's somebody who's schooling you a little bit about something, because both you and I are, you know, we pay for professional coaching on a business level to somebody else to help us, you know, uh, uh, run our businesses, inform us, check us when we're being idiotic, all of these things. So if you're not willing to take those constructive criticisms, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. So I love your attitude. It's something that I wanted on the podcast anyway, because you're a person, you don't care. You're like slow grow to awesome, baby. I don't care. I'll take anything I can get and I'm going to hustle my heart out and I'm going to try any way I can. So I love what you said about like, Hey man, if I don't need it in my life, I get rid of it. If I'm, if, if it's just a few cents a day, that's few cents I didn't have yesterday. So that's a great attitude to have whenever you are passionate about what you want in life. And I, and I know you're going to get there. So does Jason, every time he talks to you too, he's like, man, this is awesome. He's always scaling. (laughs) Yeah. And, and and right now, even though doesn't feel like it. Um, I think I may actually be on track to make more. And I think in the span of maybe 20 months, I think I made maybe $2,000, which was like, which nice. I mean, yeah, most, most people would, would kill for that. But yeah. it's like, I mean, but I had to do a little extra legwork that was outside of what I was doing with the audio business. I mean, I sold three video games and they, they were actually some I held on to them. They actually appreciated in value. It was uh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, and then uh, Star Wars Double Strike um, wow. for the GameCube. And and I got like $42 from it. And it was like, nice. because it, because, you know, you know, and, and sometimes it's a simple Google search or eBay search or even Amazon search. And you can find how much each is worth. Mm-hmm. Um, as well uh certainly do i I certainly love that um i've got a bunch of baseball cards and and that that is something that uh i'm passionate about i just want to like i probably have like oh maybe a thousand at least i've got it and and i've got some old ones too so if if you're like me at all um (laughs) and you've collected since you were like eight years old uh definitely um look at the value of them because some of them are hall of famers i got like you know david ortiz and he just wound up in the hall of fame so that's amazing um, so so definitely take a look at your cards um as well and and don't be afraid to step out of the box too because you know you know you have to build up your capital and and being online mostly to do this is that I could still 
travel to my cousin's place and mm-hmm. in New Jersey, if I really wanted to take my laptop and just, and just work there and, um, and, uh, record, uh, the blue Oasis podcast. I'm not sure how each, um, how the other one would sound there. And, um, when you're doing a fiction podcast, you want to keep it in the same place, uh, same microphone level. You don't want to be moving this round. You want to yeah. keep it <laughs> steady. So get a stand for yourself. Right. Um, and also, um, whenever you're doing audiobooks or a fictional podcast, make sure you have a, a touchable screen. Uh, mm. You do not want to be flipping around and Unfortunately, oh. I have Dean Graziosi's book here, oh, and you do awesome. not want to have. have yeah. Okay, and and the dog walks to the park and and flipping the page. You do not want that. You do not want uh, wristwatches. You want you want comfortable clothing. You want, and you do not want any jewelry or anything, um, on you when you're recording. Uh, just natural, hands free, um, motions. Of your hands definitely helps work. It's how you uh, process that as well. That's um, a good tip. And yeah, I'm curious about it just simply because I'm better off the cuff. Like whenever I was, so for example, I I told you um, off off record um, on the now it's on record um, <laughs> on the um, Nomad Network that I had done Toastmasters and how awesome and yielding that was for me. Um, I, I do much better for, you know, like just free wielding, like give me, give me a, a topic and I can talk about it. But if I write it down and I actually, you know, read it, I'm more inclined to have awkward pauses, lots of ahs, lots of ums, because my processing of that information is a lot harder for me. And it's really hard for me to uh, follow the narrative as I'm reading and deliver it with gusto or within context of what the uh, the premises or what they're talking about, you know, when you read things that like you had mentioned voice acting, you know, good voice actors, they, they really like to, they really like to have emphasis and read everything within punctuation. And it, and it has that rhythm to it that is just as if it was written. I suck at that. Like I have always sucked. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and stop saying it because I want to get better at it. But um, would you recommend uh, for anybody like me who uh, struggles with that to read out loud often and record yourself doing it and kind of like go back and kind of see how you can improve it or, or just do things like that? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, as well, um, even something as a simple paragraph, uh, is definitely good practice. Um, 50 seconds, maybe a minute, uh, depending on the length of the paragraph, uh, definitely is a good bit. I like, like since I've written the goalie kid and written the stories I have, Mm -hmm. um, and done the audio and and done an audiobook for a client, like really got in, into it and just know the subject. Um, it's going to be easier. Um, it's also going to be easier to read the next word when you uh, when you've already written it and you've read it several times too. Um, don't like read like yeah. Also, do a practice run of your script and also record it because maybe you get the first part down really good but then you start having the ahs and ums just mm-hmm. cut off that part then um x that then restart and just keep going you don't have to get it all in one take not even peter cullen could do it do optimus prime all in one take <laughs> right on that's a good advice um I, would you would you also say because i've noticed this even you know you think that if you write it you know, that's going to make it easier, which you just said it does. I've noticed for myself (laughs) that I have, I guess, in terms of being a better writer, even it's probably a good idea to read it out loud just because I've done that at times. And then I've caught myself, even though I've read it a couple of times, you know, read what I've written a couple of times and it like makes sense in my inner dialogue. But the second that I go to reading it out loud, 
for whatever reason, that's when I catch something in there that doesn't really sound well. Um, so I would suppose that's good just if you want to be a better writer to, to do that. Yeah. Sounding out words and, and like I wrote down something this morning, like the first part of it. Um, I'm recording the fourth episode now and, and, um, that'll be out Friday, but like, I'm going through this and it's like, oh my, my goodness. Like I missed, I forgot to put in a sentence or I need to, um, delete this part. Like, like it is so much different when you go in and, and it's like, and you just find those little errors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also commas are going to be your best friend. Uh, more than periods because it could be, you know, you know, you know, um, Derek walked, you know, walked while Derek was walking to the park, comma, mm-hmm. uh, he noticed. Um, well, that's as if you obey a punctuation these days, people yeah. don't even know punctuation, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, it like, helps I mean, if you do. I mean, it, like, uh, like I will know that automatically because I've written these characters in a certain way and, and just, and even something as simple as, um, you know, just being in a small town and just, and having like maybe at most six characters, you know, you, you know, these people, um, over time, um, it's also good to have a good imagination too. That mm-hmm. doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Right. Now, if you were to, I know this is off, off our, our prescribed list, but if there was any critique that you could give yourself, cause I know I, I have a litany of things that I can critique about myself that I have problems with. Is there anything about yourself that you like, you know, when you're looking at it, that you want to get better, that you're striving for at present, um, that that you know for yourself is a goal um whether it's with audio or something else any of any of them um okay i think in uh, well when it comes to um audio it like i will know right away just uh just being more on the ball like like do i could I just get maybe a little more equipment at some point? When do I upgrade this? Because this is, you know, this is the main microphone right here. Yep. And, um, and, and I don't know who's going to see that, but um, it's, it, it's a standard podcast microphone, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you know, when do I um, just put in that capital to put in and, get and have a technical uh, upgrade i think i could probably um make an extra hundred or so dollars and i can find a blue yeti, blue yeti. like a, a brand new i got one that's what i yeti. get oh that's <laughs> nice that's nice i should have yeah. I'd, I'd certainly like that. like <laughs> a new blue yeti or um or even um now i wouldn't necessarily say a full podcast microphone uh but definitely a blue yeti or just have have something just hanging on a stand mm-hmm. um because i notice a little bit of a difference just raising up the voice um a little more rather mm-hmm. than just having it go down like this plus not only that but all of us are looking down at screens nowadays so that that kind of turn of our neck constantly looking down i mean when i'm an artist so i'm constantly looking down or or you know i try to keep myself up and elevated and keep my posture what it should be but all of us are going to have humpbacks in the future if we don't watch how much we're craning our necks down and we don't look up i know like it makes yeah. you want to stretch <laughs> oh. but I, yeah no i, I mean it's a thing <laughs> Uh, feels good yeah. everybody uh, rock your shoulders back a little bit let's take a moment <laughs> yeah 100%. but yeah this, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a sitting profession at all which you know both of us and we could have standing desks and whatnot and definitely as you mentioned the 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 technology helps kind of set, set you up for success um 
And, and it's this, it's the same thing with a lot of us, right? Like when do we, when do we scale? I remember, um, a friend of mine, he had asked about when he gets to do his own art as, as a tattooer. And his, his mentor was basically like, you'll get to do your own art as a tattoo artist. The second you are busy enough doing other people's art as a tattoo artist. Once you get to a point where you're turning away work, then you can do anything you want. So I don't know what that means to you, but if, once you get to a point where you're like having to turn away people because there's such an onslaught for what you do, then you can start being exclusive. It doesn't feel good though. I will tell you, because once you get to that point, you feel kind of guilty because you're not entertaining everyone. Um, and that's, that's kind of the pangs of success that a lot of us have to feel because we're just one person. We can't get to everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't know what that will, will mean to you, but, um, and I also feel like, you know, I, I'm to the point now I've tried so many different types of art form and pardon me, because this is the only way that I can relate because technology and me, uh, I'm still really learning. Um, but I've tried so many different kinds of art form that I can tell you that I, I can make a masterpiece out of a crayon. I can, I can, I can use the cheapest paint. I could burn a piece of wood and scribble something with it and make art. So I will say that as far as like the tools that you have, um, I feel like it's it's doing a lot with what you have. And it sounds like that's what you do is that you you try to analyze and break down everything that you can do to make what you have the best it can be, like the recommendations you just gave us. You know, that try to be try to be hands-free with like pages. You have a screen that you flip through. Don't make a lot of noise that is extra, you know, uh, balance your sound in the room. So those are all really good, great tips for, you know, just, you know, making a masterpiece out of a crayon. <laughs> Some exciting news, diary listeners. We actually got a wonderful promotional code from Reinventing the Tattoo recently, and we're happy to share this with you. It's 10% off on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. And if you don't know about this wonderful, wonderful service, it's continuing education for working professionals, very geared around tattooers. But I would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your creativity and to your own professional education, I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Atchison. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for, for one exercise. I, I did a color study. I mean, Rico sat there and, and watched me the other night do mm -hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all round if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's gonna save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. I would also add to that saying that carpet is, is also something that's gonna insulate your sound. Um, hardwood floor, tile floor, um, I say just maybe get a couple mats down depending on yeah. the area of, you know, your room uh, as well. But carpet, um, things just sound better when I record with carpet all the time. Is this your prime like recording room that you're in right now? Um, yeah. Okay. I have a problem because What's the it's, problem? it's very white, Adam. It's exceedingly white. Like I don't see a single solitary thing on your walls. And as an artist, I, I'm I'm a little like. <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh, where's where's I should, your like? I should probably start putting posters up. But oh. yes, your oh, memorabilia, like, all of that stuff. Let us see oh. it. <laughs> Maybe I should. 
It'll buffer um, the sound. I, I've never actually put memorabilia up up in in either sometime. Like like not since uh it's been a, a while. I had some posters back in the day, but got rid of them. Had to mm. keep them up. Uh my uh parents well, sold, sold I just want to say Couldn't... it looks very sterile and it's kind of freaking me out. Jeez, <laughs> oh, now I feel embarrassed about the whole <laughs> No, should, should put the Minecraft background <laughs> on before we started. <laughs> that is another tip. You don't have to actually showcase where you actually tangibly are. You can oh. you can put a screen up so that people when you are doing a recorded like thing. Because right now we're just audio. I'm still trying to figure out Premiere Pro and and video editing and everything. So I'm I'm getting there, but. Right now I'm, I'm just audio. Um, but when I get to a point, like I might have to do something, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like come up with something. This won't be the room. Ultimately it'll be downstairs and I want to paint and I want to set it up. You know, Jason always is talking about Jason Stapleton. He's always talking about how he, you know, puts his room together and what equipment he uses. And, um, and I, yeah. and I find that part really cool. Um, cause it's signature. Maybe I'll get, some, maybe I'll get some posters, um, or something or, some typical art. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Go for it, man. What? I want to see you. I want to see you there. Um, because right now I just see like white, <laughs> just glaring white. <laughs> oh, you you want to see me? You want to see, um, I don't know, pictures your, of baseball yeah. players or something? Well, just your personality, like all the things you geek out about, you know, like it doesn't have to be necessarily sports, though. I know that'll be a heavy thing, but like, yeah. You know, I know that if you're renting, you know, it's it's hard because you know that you're going to have to, like, cover up all the holes and stuff and watch how you do things. But if you're not renting, freaking go for it, man. Like, decorate that wall. As an artist, I want you to. You don't have to listen, but I, I think that it'll help you. Because, you know, I tattoo people for a living. Everybody's getting permanently branded on them, the stuff that they care about. So decorate your temple, man. You don't have to put it on your body, but, like, you know. That's yeah. your temple. <laughs> uh, um, there, there is some poster company that, that, uh, that where it's like it doesn't damage walls or something like. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've heard about that. It's like a sticky, like a sticky thing. Oh, they were using it uh, when I visited Weird Ink Society in Minnesota. They were using that to tack up things because they have a lot of concrete walls, and they unless they're going to drill through it with a concrete bit, they really can't put anything up. They have to use, what were they called? They were like a sticky thing. I mean, we can Google it afterwards if I figure okay. it out. Then. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, but yeah I, definitely do that. I think yeah, you should. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, make it Adam. I mean, it should, it should radiate um, you. I'll put, uh, I don't know. I can't seem to, uh, there. Yeah. And, I have my old poster from, from college. I could probably put that up somewhere yeah. and just, you know, start, you know, enjoying this as well. Um, I mean, really, that's the only thing that's helping this room right now. Cause it isn't, I do have a carpet in here, but it's, it is hardwood with the carpet down. And I do feel like you can hear a lot more from outside that I'd like to. Fortunately today, it snowed outside. So things are kind of buffered because of the snow and, you know, it's, it's nice and bright, but I have a lot, I mean, you can tell, I, I have a lot of stuff in here, including my cat, you know, totem that's on my pillow behind me. Like he, he just likes to hang out there and, you know, sit while I, while I interview people, <laughs> he's like, this is the environment, but like, there's a lot of stuff in here. And I think that's my only saving grace for my sound is that, I just have a lot on the walls. I, I think it helps like kind of, you know, people stick up those foam things on the wall or they say to hang quilts and stuff around your windows. Um, I think the only thing that saves the sound in my room is the fact that like, there's a lot of stuff on the walls and a lot of it's about me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be real. <laughs> oh. And this yeah. is one of my guest bedrooms, you know, like, so when you're, if, if ever, you know, visiting Maryland again, you're, you're here, are you still in Maryland? No, no, I've been gone for um, is a while now. Um, is a year almost? Yeah. Oh, jeez, I, I like I don't even like to think about that anymore. <laughs> like, like, oh, jeez, I like there are definitely days I wish uh 
coronavirus never existed uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, geez, I had a, yeah, geez, I had, I, it's like, you know, how do you, yeah, it's like just, yeah, it would have <laughs> been much different had I stayed in this place called Gaithersburg. Perhaps you've mm, heard of it. Yes, I have. I have several friends that live out there. It's a pretty area, Gaithersburg. Very, very diverse. Got a lot of cool things out there. Um, yeah, it's nice. Nice area. You have, you have Old Town, you have Kentlands, and you got Rio um, there. And that's a pretty huge uh, moneymaker. And mm-hmm. Montgomery County in general has maybe 2 million people like that. I mean, it's a big area for what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, and you're right next to DC. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And at Rockville is not too far and all of that stuff, right? I'm pretty I could sure. Go, I could I could drive right there, be at Rockville at most in maybe 15 minutes. Yep. Yep. And that's the, a great the ice little arena, spot. The, the ice arena I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think I've, I, I think that, is that the ice arena that we went to? It's nice. Uh, nice place. Um, we've, I, in my former studio, we went, uh, we went ice skating one day as well at like a shop activity. It was awesome. And we found out a lot about each other. We found out one of our artists could ice skate like a dream. It was like super impressive. I'm like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, where do you find yourself today? Pardon me for not knowing. Um, where do I find myself today? As far as state-wise, where are you in the U S oh, oh, Florida, Florida. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I knew that. Oh, come on, man. Like right now you have, you have to be happy that you're in Florida. It's February. <laughs> it's February. I don't deal with snow. I have not shoveled anything for since, um, geez, since I don't know if I would say last decade, but it, I mean, like, I don't like, I have rarely, um, shoved a piece of snow, like, like to actually be in Maryland like and shovel snow right now like um is something i do not want to be a part of yet at the same time being up in maryland i would have more access to um my friends and i could probably just uh go your league with them and just and and it is difficult um moving to a a new place Uh, but but yeah I, I mean, I like the optics of Florida right now, uh, not necessarily because it's February, though that is also a bonus because it is not uh, below freezing there. Uh, <laughs> it's very nice there and you have palm trees, but also I just like, I, I really like your governor there. Um, DeSantis is amazing. Um, should be getting too po- political here, but I, I really am happy that Florida has taken a position on, on coronavirus and everything that it has. It seems to me like it's yielding results really well. And, um, you know, that's the only negative thing about being here in Maryland is that because, because there is, um, it is a little state and it is highly populated and it is so close to DC. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a little more restricting to say the least. <laughs> I don't think you guys have, I don't think we had sports betting and uh, Maryland never had sports betting. Um, so, um, geez. All right. So if you want a sports bet, um, and you're living on the Mason Dixon line, go to Pennsylvania. And if you're in Cumberland, uh, just go to West Virginia. And if you're in, um, Germantown, Gaithersburg, Rockville, um, Wheaton, uh, Bethesda, um, or Chevy Chase, um, or even DC. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just go to Northern Virginia. Just go to Crystal City or, um, Alexandria or wherever just and place your vets. Um, I will say that that West Virginia and PA are definitely, if you want to get wild, you want to buy some fireworks, you want to, you want to get, you know, get a little crazy, a little backwoods. All you have to do is cross the state line and you're not far. <laughs> so yeah, but I, um, yeah, for betting, I've never even thought about it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge gambler. Um, but I, I, I think it's fun. I do. I do listen to a lot of my clients when they talk about, um, their fantasy football, um, you know, games and stuff, which, you know, has, has a monicum of betting, depending on how they're, they're organizing it. A lot of places just, uh, 
play for bragging rights, but I have known people that play for money uh, when it comes to fantasy football. So I think that's kind of cool, but yeah, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> do, yeah, they have, so, do they have a lot of things like that in Florida? Yeah. So we already have sports betting here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You have DraftKings, FanDuel, um, all nine yards. And uh, I would have bet. I would have made some bets on baseball, but um, I don't know if you know this or not. The MLB is still locked out. Some guy by the name of Manfred is a part of this. I, okay, and, and that was a bit of a joke to all the baseball <laughs> lovers out there. Rob Manfred, do not like him. Um, gotcha. Worst commissioner ever. Gary Bettman would probably be a better commissioner for the MLB at this point. Mm. Um, uh, that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's actually a compliment to Bettman. Believe it or not. But, um, <laughs> getting controversial on this podcast i love it (laughs) i think i think bringing up politics in general could be controversial well you know it can or it can't see the way i see it is is that if you ban talks about politics which that whole adage you shouldn't talk about religion or politics i think that's i for me that's uh that's kind of insulting because i feel like we all should have a, a scope or a view of those things it's not it's not to say that in, in voicing my opinions or my views of the world uh, as, as defined under politics or religion, that I am somehow in some way telling you that you don't have the rights to your understandings yeah. or views. That's the issue is that for me, it's, it's not tolerant nor respectful to silence a person when it comes to them making an effort to show you who they are and and what things they believe in. It's, it's actually the opposite. It's very rude to shut somebody down when they're giving you a very nice opening and a very nice preview of themselves that basically in the end of the day saves you both a lot of time, energy, and effort. Because if, if you can't talk about the most, I guess, salacious of things uh, with another person, then there's no point in doing anything else as far as I'm concerned, because you're not going to move together very well. You know, you can't really accomplish many things because you you can't even have a discussion. So for me, it's just a, it's a way to save time and energy with people. And, and per my podcast, for example, and, and yours as well, I only want, I only want authentic fans. I only want people who are there who genuinely love the information and who can hear it in my voice that I am sincere and I I welcome many different flavors of the world. I am I am a foodie, not only of food, but of people as well. But you're not going to tell me that basil and rosemary taste the same and that they don't have different applications. So that's the thing is that like when it comes to people, when it comes to things, when it comes to words, when it comes to ideas... I am I am a person who loves to experience and and dive into all of them just because it's not that they have a power over me it's that I want to see how I compare to them and what I feel about each thing and then I just carry on and I be myself that is being truly authentic I feel and that is that's really about owning yourself and knowing yourself and about knowing who you are and what you want out of the world. Some things are relevant. Some things aren't. My hope is if people listen to us, they'll, they'll see the relevancy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. A hundred percent. The reason why I do not get into uh, politics on the uh, blue Oasis podcast is because, you know, I'm just still trying it's to off brand. <laughs> well, well, yes. Um, it's Yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, I've talked about free speech before on there and just mm-hmm. like really advocate, um, advertise it and just drove it home and written some medium articles and some Substack articles about it. But on the podcast, like I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't want to talk about when I should be telling people, okay, here's where you go. Here's how you create mm-hmm. this. And here's the starting point uh, as well. Um, uh, still. I mean, it, having these difficult conversations, um, it, especially with the ones close to you, I mean, it can be, yeah, it can be a challenge. And, um, uh, and, and, and I am still a bit worried about the future of where we can go 
Mm-hmm. I still don't know a hundred percent about that. And, and I am, but at the same time, I'm optimistic as mm-hmm. well. I think, um, you, I, everyone in the nomad network stores, I, like, I feel this moral responsibility to, um, teach people about all these hobbies and all this extra side income. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're going to be occupied, I mean, if people are occupied trying to improve themselves every day with side hustles, reading books, mm-hmm. and and taking a break from the news for right for for sakes, um, or just diversifying, diversify your view. You know, have a yeah. multi point perspective about how you how you take in information. Don't just pick, you know, if you're writing, for example, because this podcast, my podcast is all about educational environments and how we, how we come to what we are. And, uh, you know, if we have a passion, how do we pursue that? How do we, how do we get there? So if, for example, you're in an educational environment and you're asked to write a paper, it's never acceptable to have one reference uh, any teacher usually asks you to have at least three references when you're writing a, a, a thought piece or a, a synopsis of a book or, you know, a, a conclusion-based paper. You have to reference multiple things in order to come to a certain conclusion. If you're not diversifying how you intake information and also the, um, the number of people that you're willing to expose yourself to, you don't have a view that is... Uh, uh, diverse in perspective. You just don't. And if you are a person who really wants to have, I think, a general understanding of things, uh, you do have to diversify that perspective. So that's what's great about, again, the Nomad Network is that everyone there is positive. Everyone there is sharing information, just as you are on your podcast, where you're trying to help people learn what we do and draw them in. Hopefully we make them part of the Nomad Network because they should be. It's it's a dope place and full of a lot of amazing humans that I've already had the pleasure of meeting, um, some of them in person. So I can't wait to meet more of you. But even still, we're trading ideas. We're helping each other. We're um, we're of all, all different kinds of political spectrums. I think what you said and admitted there in a moment about just being worried, I don't think that no matter where you lie on the political spectrum of things is, is a isolated incident. That That is how a lot of people feel about, about what's happening right now, regardless of what they think or they see. I think a lot of us are worried. <laughs> so, I mean, there is... I mean, you know, there's a lot that can happen. Um, uh, I'll just, uh, I'm not sure if I should shout. All right. You know what? Some, someone like Tim Pool, like he sits down every night. Um, he has on different perspectives. He'll invite mm-hmm. Bosch or, and Charlie Kirk and, and just these people um, as well. Yeah. And it's fine. By the way, that's part of the questions that I gave you. It's like, who are your idols? Who are people that you look uh, up to? You're a podcaster. Um, to have Tim Pool be somebody who influences you is amazing. He's a great uh, podcaster. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think I would classify myself as politically homeless. I am not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say I'm purely anything. Me too. At this, at this point, because there's still so much gray area to everything. But yeah. Um, I'm but to American. have these conversations every <laughs> every night, like I don't know where else to go for this. Like you, you mm-hmm. like you can't put this on network television because you know they have like thirty minute spots or like or like I don't know. Well, it's twenty two minutes uh, mm-hmm. factoring like the eight minutes of commercials. But like like then when once you're done um, with the live stream, you put that on um, your podcast. Um, on the podcast app, guess what? You could put pre-rolls, mid-rolls, and after-rolls mm-hmm. or egg-rolls in there as well. <laughs> egg rolls. Um, right? In there. And, and, and you see the, and you can have those advertisements there and you're not restricted to 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Get it done. I mean, these, the gray areas need more discussion mm-hmm. and and it's not going to be a certain set of time. Um, 
uh, I'll tell you this. Um, the reason why I wrote chess, the game for peace and prosperity, the like in the very first part of it, um, it the idea was to, you know, it was important to show that um, you have, man, this is where I'm really tripping over my words here. It's important to have that community based and, you know, iron out those differences. I mean, I mean, I was blocked on Facebook, um, you know, because, you know, because I just have different opinions of, of how we should approach things, you know, and, and it, and it does no one any good because I, you know, like sharing these videos, like I would have rather, um, like, like I knew this girl from high school. I knew her for a decade and, and I showed two Tim pool videos. She blocks me and on Facebook and I do not, and I do not know why I think, um, I mean, like you talked to me a decade ago. I mean, like, like, <laughs> I mean, I've changed so much. Um, I've experienced so much and then there's things I want to experience. Like, um, I don't know if you know this, but I have only been out of this time zone one time in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was when I went to the Bahamas <laughs> um, at 16. It was my sister's graduation. Well, um, and I mean, you said, you said, uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, the reason why I really like podcasts is because, like you said, the gray areas need to be discussed a heck of a lot more. And it's usually, depending on what podcast you listen to, I could I could even say this for Tim Pool. Like he's been doing it for a very long time. So now we all kind of know who he is. But before that, like most of the people, like I think Rogan's been doing it for like 13, 14 years. Like he's been doing it for a long time. So if you're just discovering that he's been a podcaster all this time, you have, you have no idea what he's been talking about. And for you to even believe any kind of clip, any kind of, like you said, if at best 20 minute clip, which we all know isn't that because it has a myriad of commercials that they're trying to sell you something with. If that's the way that you're getting your information and that's what kind of view you're taking in of a person, you're robbing them of their humanity. You're robbing them of, of your, your time, your respect, your, I mean, for me, it's like, you should at least listen. You should at least find out why you're so offended. If you don't understand why you're so offended and you don't have a, a, a real view of this person or the things they create, and all you're listening to is, in my mind, gossip about a person that's very choreographed and very polarizing, then you're not being fair. And for me, you're you're definitely, I mean, you're skirting the line to be calling yourself any form of humanitarian because a humanitarian cares about people. They care about meeting people. They care about exposing themselves to people long enough to glean insight and connection and all of these things that were put on this earth to have. And that's why I love podcasts because like you said, you're able to have long form conversations you're able to dissect certain things and you're able to meet people that are, you know, around you, you know, like so many people have podcasts now, you know, there is only so much that we can actually take in and digest, but that's the reason why on this podcast, I do, I want to meet, I want to meet entrepreneurs. I want to talk to them about what they do. And, and I want to give you guys an ability to, you know, have a moment where you can be transparent to a crowd and let them know what you're into, because it's not, it's not what's being sold. It's the substance itself. Forget the labels and forget all of the other stuff, because that's just marketing, advertising, all that stuff. That's the superficial view. Listen and, and hear a person, because when you do that, you can, you really can connect and then you fall in love a little bit and then you get braver and you want to do things together. It's really cool. Um, unfortunately in my, um, now 28 years, um, <laughs> I turned 28 on February 9th. Oh, um, happy birthday. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, and 
and I sort of wish, and I'll tell Jason in the next meeting about that. Um, I unfortunately have not fallen in love um, once in my life. And um, uh, that, like, there were definitely, I mean, there was definitely some girls where, you know, it could have gone the other way. And it's like, oh my God, it's like, didn't see this one, didn't see that one. Um, there are now five that I got married that I was like either interested in or they had an interest in me. And I'm like, it's like you pop yourself on the head, you know, at that point. No, man. Like, Why didn't I see this? And, and, but the good news is now is that um, I'm proud, like, I'm working t- towards something great that, um, and I will teach uh, my future children that, um, you know, entrepreneurship is going to go this way. Um, I'm not even entirely sure how Ethereum is going to work, but, but, you know, we're going to be coding on the blockchain. Um, mm-hmm. I've coded before. I've done uh, computational economics. Like picking this up is going to be easier for me because I've already been through this. Mm-hmm. Already- My brother actually is a software engineer doing security on blockchain technology. Um, oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I, I still have to really um, pace myself in listening to him because he's really smart about it. And I'm like, okay, what is it now? And he's like, okay, I'm going to try and walk you through it. But I'm so happy because if I wasn't a type of person one that had a brother like that, but also, you know, now that I'm on the Nomad Network, I, I know people. I know people that even know about the blockchain, that that talk about it in long form, that break it down. Those are some of the things that um, are discussed there frequently about, like, like you said, you're hopeful. No matter what, no matter how many people have gotten married that formerly had interest in you, you're looking ahead and you're trying to make the best of the situations and, and trying to be advantageous about where you're going to move and how you're going to go forward. And there's no sense in really like overly criticizing yourself by, you know, what, what has passed by it's done. And in my opinion, it was probably never meant to be because if it was, it would be. Um, and I, I disagree. I think you've fallen in love with with sports and you're falling in love with your own capabilities, which is really important, I think, first, before you enter in anything with anyone else. It's really important to know what you want, what you're after, and you're in the pursuit of that. And falling in love with that first is key. So uh, bravo, because that's yeah. a lot of people skip the jump on that and they get involved with people, they get married, they get tied up, and then they find out who they are and what they're about. And that's a much uglier story. (laughs) That concludes part one. As you can tell, diary listeners, there is much to Adam, and that is why we have needed two parts to this interview. So please be sure to check in next week with part two of Adam Rothstein. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.